maximizing the busy and shoulder seasons here. When it's 100 degrees out, everybody's air conditioner's broken. You can only get to a limited amount. Labor's the only thing you have to sell. You don't want to work your guys to death. So how do you choose who you're going to go to? Where do you start to really suggest replacement? We start putting the seed in the customer's mind at 10 to 12 years old on the system. Mm -hmm. Then 15 to 20, it's, it's usually due. going it's tim brown and this is the plumbing and hvac hustle podcast and today i have steve miles from jerry kelly heating and air conditioning how are you doing sir doing very well nice to meet you nice to meet you as well you've been not only doing amazing things in this space for a long time but you also have been giving interviews for a long time i think i i think i watched one from like 1994 or something out there on the internet oh you're dating me yeah <laughs> and it was good it was good you're you're dropping bangers even back then and we're talking about maximizing the busy and shoulder seasons here. Um, and obviously it's an it's a, it's a interesting and difficult topic sometimes when you're talking about potentially turning away business, which you have to do sometimes. Absolutely, absolutely. When you're busy, when it's 100 degrees out, everybody's air conditioner's broken. Mm -hmm. You can only get to a limited amount. Labor's the only thing you have to sell. You don't wanna work your guys to death. So how do you choose who you're going to go to? Mm -hmm. So we do what's called catch and release. Okay. In the morning when it's kind of cool, we might take a call on a younger piece of equipment that's broke down just to give the guys something to do, but come three or four in the afternoon when all the breakdowns start coming in on older equipment that may end up leading to a replacement, we'll actually call the customer and tell them that, sorry, we can't get to you today. Uh, we're happy to reschedule you later on. Many of them don't like that, but I'm okay with that. Because if I get rid of a customer that may do a $1,000 repair, and I replace them with a customer that's going to do a twenty dollars or $25,000 system replacement, mm -hmm. understand it's 100 degrees. People are going to get upset. They're going to, I like to say, you're going to piss somebody off. Just yeah. choose wisely. Yeah. And I also saw one of your quotes is, we want to suck a little bit less. No, that's, yeah, it's kind of my mantra. It's get better, but it's, yeah, let's just suck a little less. Everybody <laughs> sucks. Let's just suck a little less. I like that. I like that. Okay, so you're talking about, and I, I also saw that you mentioned these older systems. Like, how many years can we really expect out of them? The bell curve hits its peak at about 15 years. Yeah. So, and do you talk to the customer about that? Absolutely. Like, and you, you say, hey, I'm sorry, but this system has done a pretty good job for you for 15 years. Like, where, where do you start to really suggest replacement? We start putting the seed in the customer's mind at 10 to 12 years old on the system. Mm -hmm. Then 15 to 20, it's, it's usually due. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's... Are there any, like, I mean, color me a noob, but are there any, like, of these, like, higher-end systems that can last... 20, 30 years? Not to my knowledge. Okay. I mean, if you get that rare guy that's down there cleaning it all the time, changing the filters, and you go down there and it's all polished, yeah, you might be able to get 30 years out of it. And we do see 30 and 40 years, but those are the anomalies. And I'm going to make you do hot takes in a second, but this it always is a weirdly hot subject to bring up actual manufacturers. But I want to hear, who are your favorite manufacturers on systems? I don't care. Really? They're all the same. Okay. But what do you push? What do you really push? We push ourselves. We private label our own brand that's oh, manufactured really? by Goodman Manufacturer. Okay. And uh, that way we try and take the uh, second tier commodity thing out of the, out of the equation. All right. If I go to you and you tell me 
you know, what brand do you want? Oh, yeah, Carrier. I've heard of Carrier. Okay. And then we start talking about it, and I sell you on Carrier. You're going to go, great, I want a Carrier. Now you go to the Google, and you Google Carrier, and you find 12 of my closest mm, competitors. Yeah. So I've just artificially introduced competition that I really didn't need. Ah. When you private label the equipment, there is no competition. Then you're selling the value of the services you provide, the install you make, and the company that you work for. Mm. And so you, you actually, sorry, I don't know, like you actually put like a, your brand on yes. that? Awesome. Yes, so if they look at it, they don't know. I wonder if the, I can do that for my agency because I want to have a big AC unit up front. Absolutely. I could put like a hook right on it. You could. I love it because right now we have a bunch of shingles, so yeah, <laughs> I gotta get the, I gotta get the big AC unit. But you think uh, if I was to put one up there, yeah. and I put a Goodman up there, do you think HVAC uh, techs and business owners are gonna know it's a Goodman though? Uh, the techs and stuff might know, but if yeah. it's got your badge on it, who cares? All right, all right, I like that take. I'm glad that I asked about that. All right, you talked about catch and release. Really, that well, means let's go in that a little yeah, deeper. Yeah. yeah, because. All the manufacturers really manufacture is sheet metal boxes. Mm -hmm. They don't manufacture the electronics, the controls, the motors, the compressors, uh, burners, gas valves. They don't manufacture any of that. That mm -hmm. all comes from the same two or three suppliers nationwide. So if I was to disassemble four different manufacturers' units on the floor here, most of the parts are interchangeable. Mm. It's very interesting, yeah, and you, you ask on, online and people have very strong opinions for or against Goodman or all these different, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's strong opinions, but then the, the next guy will tell you, like, I 100% believe in Goodman or whatever, you know? Isn't that interesting, though? Well, it's interesting, but it, 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 it's a confirmation bias thing. And uh, it's also like how the rep was that they dealt with. Exactly. Like if you, they had an issue and for couldn't they couldn't get to them for a few days or something like that. Like people get resentments against a manufacturer. The most important day in a piece of equipment's life or in a system's life is the day it's installed. Mm -hmm. If you install it properly and do everything right, it will last. I don't care who manufactures it. Mm. They all test them. They all run them. If you put it in crappy, you can have the most expensive piece of equipment there is and you'll hate it from day one because it never works mm. properly. What he does is he teaches the most valuable team in your business. He'll just add nothing but profit. There's so much money left in the call center. So much money. If you're not at a 90% booking rate, showing empathy on the phone, smiling on the phone, making sure they're having a better day after they got off the phone with you, then you need to call Power Selling Pros and see Brady. I like that take as well. Um, okay, so we talked about catch and release. To me, that means you're saying being selective a little bit with your customers too. Like I, so talk to me about that triage system. So you you mentioned that you you know if it's an older system, you might have to get out to them tomorrow, and you do want to triage by somebody who's actually more likely to purchase an actual new unit. Is that part of it? Absolutely. Well, the only thing we have to sell is the number of hours our guys can work in a day. We're here to make money. So we've got to make sure they're as productive as possible yeah. during the time that's allowed. So to triage them, we ask a bunch of questions. Number one for us, we only work in a 10 mile radius from our office, give or take, it's 17 zip codes. First question, what's your zip code? We don't work there. Yeah. What do you mean you don't work there? It's right across the street, you're over at my neighbor's house. Yeah, but that's a zip different zip code. Yeah, but it's right across the street. <laughs> 
you got to draw yeah. the line someplace. If I go across the street, then I go a block, then I go an exit. Now I'm to the next zip code boundary. That's got to be good for your employees' mental health as well. Yeah, they, 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 they struggle with it sometimes because okay, they don't like telling okay. people no. Okay, I, but it no, gives I them, appreciate it that. It gives them great guidelines, borders. They know that if yeah. it's not on the list of the zip codes we do, we don't go yeah. there. Yeah. Unless it's friend, family. There's, there are exceptions, of course. How else do you triage? Age of equipment. And a lot of times people don't know, so then you default to age of house. Have you had anybody out there recently to do any repairs? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I have a guy that comes out and put refrigerant in every, every year. Great. You might want to give him a call because we're too busy. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. stuff like that. That or The sure. other company was just out here last week, and now I want you to come out here. Those are all red flags. Yeah. Because generally, you got a 50-50 chance of those blowing up in your face. Yeah, and I think it's like also when people are are needing though when you're in that needing mode let's say you're an early company and you don't you know you've been slow and then it's starting to get busier but you just can't let you don't want to let go yeah. so you don't filter you don't filter at all because no, you, you need that lead you know first come first serve first yeah. call in gets on the list we don't have any calls available sorry yeah. how do you get out of that mode if it's hard yeah it, it's difficult because nobody wants to disappoint anybody but like I said, you're going to disappoint somebody. It's 100 degrees out. You can't get to everybody. So just choose who you disappoint wisely so that it's the best for the company and the people that work for you. How do you make sure you don't ever get like a negative review from being kind of like solid with your boundaries? If you don't have a negative review every once in a while, you're not a real person. Just make sure yeah. you get a lot more positive reviews. Mm. I like that. Okay. And then and address it directly. Just say, I'm sorry. I couldn't go to your house, even though it's across the street. We have to draw the line someplace. Unfortunately, you live on the line. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm a younger entrepreneur, personally, uh, I got the, like, I get so anxious if I ever get any kind of negative anything, right? Like that's, yeah. I'm so online that like that just, <sighs> but it, yeah, you're right. It has, sometimes there's going to be something where you have a boundary and that person, it just doesn't work that way. It, it is. Same thing with uh, next door. Next door is like the Yelp of just social media. It's where everybody goes to just bitch and complain. Mm -hmm. You get a bad next door review. You go to whoever the uh, initial person was, you address it with them, mm -hmm. and then you let it die. Yeah. You can't go out there fighting battles because if you keep picking fights with everybody that says something bad about you, that thing's going to go on for years. Oh, absolutely. And people look at how you respond to those reviews. And like, I think about if there is something like that, if you do have a negative review, go in there like this is on stage. I'm on stage Absolutely. with somebody else. I'm not gonna like, yeah, I'm not gonna pick a battle because ultimately there's 20 more home, there's hundreds of more homeowners that are gonna see this one. Cause I don't know about you, but I go to, yeah. I go to Google reviews and I start by worst. Yeah. Just cause I'm curious. Yeah. You know, what the like drawbacks of yeah. working there yeah. with the company. So um, you talk about, it was actually in a service Titan article, shout out um, to them about the adjustable diagnostic fee. This was in 2020 when you, uh, are you guys still using that or what system do you use for like, is there a variable pricing based on busyness? We will, we will vary the diagnostic rate depending on how busy we are. We have a premium rate and that just, and, and we may get to you next. It's not an overtime rate. Yeah. It's, just, it, it's premium. We fit you in. We had a guy in the neighborhood. We got him there. It's going to cost you more. And it serves two purposes. One, it's supply and demand. I mean, you know, you're, you're in high demand. You might as well raise the price. But the other one is, it, it, is the customer price sensitive. Does that extra 
diagnostic fee matter to them or they don't care they want you out there to fix the problem and that's yeah. it's just a good uh good way of testing the emotional place that the customer's in do some hvac business owners or company leaders take issue with the fact that you say that you do that I, I haven't ever heard anybody. Okay, I was just curious. I'm sure somebody does. People take issue with what I do all the time. Yeah, I, same, same. Shout out to my haters. Um, <laughs> yep. I Hi, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to see you watching. <laughs> Grateful. Um, well, we're going to go into a few more questions. We're actually going to talk a little bit more about that and then on shoulder season, how you guys deal with that and the lulls that happen in business. And I want to, I want to talk about those things. But first, I've got a couple segments um, the first two being hot takes and cold trends. So on hot takes, what's a, a opinion that you have that is sometimes controversial to people, but you believe it? Maintenance clubs. Okay. I believe you have to have maintenance clubs. Okay. I don't believe they're the end all and be all to a profitable business because I honestly don't believe that very many people make money on maintenance agreements Yeah. because you ask them, what's your billable hour? There's calculators everywhere. You can figure out what your billable hour needs to be. And I was talking to a young lady last night. $525 an hour is their billable hour. I went, great. How much you charge for a two-visit maintenance club? Oh, uh, $98. Mm. Okay, so you're losing $900 to do two visits, mm. assuming they're an hour apiece. Yeah. If you can't sell anything, can you sell something to make up that $900? Mm -hmm. Now, you need those maintenance agreements during the shoulder season, during the slower seasons, to be able to get into the customers' homes, to have something to do, keep your guys busy, give them hours to work. But understand, going in, that you're most likely losing money on them. Mm. Great. And um, people that love maintenance agreements will fight that tooth and nail. Oh, my guy's upsell. Okay. You've been there five times. You've sold them every IAQ product. You've cleaned their ducts. You've got everything going. What do you have left to sell them for the next 15 years till they buy a new system? Mm. I appreciate that. Yeah, because, yeah, people love to hammer those. Okay, so what about cold trends? What's that? I guess that could be a cold trend as well. But um, uh, One more. Yeah. Who's the better customer? Somebody that never changes their filter, doesn't even know the system's down there. They just turn it on and off for 14 years. Or the person that has it maintained every year. I guess my thought is the person who is not as good with it. Absolutely. You go in there, you know they need a new one. The person that maintained it, that thing's going to last to the back end of the, of the bell curve. It's going to be 20, 21 years old before it needs to be replaced because they took care of it. The people who turn it on and off and don't even know it has a filter, it's sucked into the blower wheel. Those are the people you want to get on, on catch and release. And I guess part, like as a homeowner, part of me is thinking like, do I care that I have to replace it in 10 years? I, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I do a little, but in a way, if I had to do a bunch of maintenance, like personally, yeah. I would choose the, just replace it in 10 Replace decades. it every yeah, yeah. couple decades. I'm definitely <laughs> not going to sit there. I think I do have a maintenance agreement with the my HVAC company, yeah. but um, okay. So well, good for us. The people that have a maintenance agreement are the minority of the population. You got, and they're great customers. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It's just that you're not going to be able to make a lot of money on them every visit because yeah. eventually they've got everything you've got to sell. I, I 100% appreciate that. Okay. Cold trends. What's something that you think people should, should stop wasting time, money, or effort on that they're currently spending a lot on? Internet gurus. All right. Ooh, I like this. They're all over the place. Yeah. I mean, they all got these big claims and all that. And this is a very small industry. Check 
the, check their credentials. Mm -hmm. They're easy enough to check into. You know, uh, great sales. Okay, well, show me your show me your book of business mm -hmm. that you sold. Yeah, because that I mean they're everywhere. You go on Facebook and they're dime a dozen. And there's yeah. some really good ones out there. Some guys that have really been successful and are willing to share. And there's other guys that you know nobody's ever heard of. The other thing, yeah, the, one of the things is I think like uh, it is if you are actually running a successful business, significantly successful business, it's kind of like why are you then layering on, like why are you then going to go be a consultant or this, this guru type? By the way, I have to distinguish between me and, because I am on the internet a lot. And you may well, think, hey, is Tim a guru? But are you trying to sell me $100,000 worth of sales training? Yes. No, just kidding. I'm not. I'm not. No, but yes, yeah, sales is a big one. But I'm. I think of myself as a journalist. So Tim is a journalist, not a guru. Get it straight. All right. Now the last one here is. Well, and then you go yeah. to events like we're at right now. Yes. You got Tommy Mello's. Uh, what is it? Home Service Freedom. Yes, sir. There's a guy that he's trying to help other people make money. Is he going to make money off it? Yeah, sure. But he doesn't need it. He's yeah. already got more money than he needs. Yeah. But he's just a hyperactive guy that wants to give back and he's putting together a great cast of characters that have the ability to help. There's plenty of There's a lot of those too. That's a different that's a little bit different between an internet guru as well. Absolutely. And there's affinity groups. You got all kind of well, you got Nextstar, you got Service Nation. There's all kind of affinity groups in HVAC and I'm sure they're in the other verticals also, but where you can get a lot of that at a much reduced cost. Yeah. And the biggest thing is you. Can you implement Will yeah. you do it, or are you just going to take the book and put it on the shelf? Yeah, that, that didn't work. Yeah, I like that. Okay, last little segment here. It's called There's Money in the Phones <laughs> by PowerSellingPros.com. Check them out if you haven't yet. So what is one thing that you do on call-ins that you think would help other companies out there? The biggest thing is the triage. Know who you're going to work for. If somebody calls in and says, my air conditioner is broken, and you say, great, we'll be there between two and four, and you don't have any other information, uh, you're going in kind of blind. Mm. You need to know who they are, where they are, and what they've got. It's to the best of your ability. It's not a perfect science. But if it's 100 degrees out, how much time do you want to spend on three-year-old systems that your competitor put in that's broke down that he can't get to to fix, and you're going to fix it, charge your rate, and then he's going to tell them you overcharged them. Hmm. Are you going to go for the guy that's got the 14-year-old system, he doesn't have a regular guy, he's never had it maintained, and it's broke, tripping the breaker? You got two calls. In the uh, who called first spectrum, they're both identical. But if you can do a little triage and figure them out, which one is the one that's going to be more valuable for your company? Comment below which one's the most valuable. Yeah, which one is. And it's the one that's old and broke and tripping the breaker, not the three-year-old that your competitor put in. Now, you might get some pride from being able to fix their screw-up, but they're still not going to be in the market for a new system for 15 to 20 years. Mm. Where do we make the money? We make money on selling new systems. Awesome. All right. Um, before we go into the shoulder season tips, I would like to ask you about the tighter market. Certainly something unusual that you do. So can you give me a little bit more of benefits and why you've done that? Because certainly the temptation for business owners is often to say, hey, well, if we can make $5 million in this city, we could also make $5 million in this city, not realizing that they only really have 5% of that market. So the, any thoughts that you have about the tighter market, and that's pretty disciplined to stay that way. 
Well, and it, yeah, it goes against the grain of a lot of guys. They pay all this money for advertising, and if the phone rings, they've got to go. I spent $500 to get that guy to call me. What do you mean? I'm not going there. Uh, why are you going to waste all that money going there? It's 45 minutes away. That's an hour and a half round trip, and you may not get anything out of it. So get, we, get your digital marketing uh, agency those <laughs> zip codes that you want to serve. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the biggest, the biggest part of it is, any given zip code, and it depends on demographics, but a contractor could get anywhere from 500000 to $2 million out of one zip code. And if you've got the potential to do $30 million out of 20 zip codes, why would you go for 25 or 30 until you've hit that max capacity? Until mm. then, you've still got room to grow in your backyard. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. And you don't have your guys doing windshield time. Right now, our average drive time, and I, with GPS and all that, our average drive time between service calls is 10 minutes. What do you use for that, by the way, tracking all that? Oh, uh, right now it's uh, Service Titan or a GPS okay. tracking. Oh, awesome. Back in the day, it was Verizon or whatever, but it, it doesn't matter. You're able to look at it. Yeah. But the drive time between calls, not counting lunch breaks or you know rest breaks or whatever, is about 10 minutes. If you're driving in 45 minutes to an hour to a call, that's a lot of time you're paying a valuable technician to do nothing. Mm. Oh, I love that. Okay, it's tempting, folks. Stay disciplined. Yeah, and find out that there are ways to find out the potential of what zip codes are. And when you do that and you look at what your actual market share is in that zip code, even the big companies would be surprised at how little they actually have. Hmm. I love that. Okay, let's talk about the shoulder season. How do you get um, your people to not get, um, you know, I guess, Sorry, let me ask this question better. One second. All right, shoulder season. Keeping people busy is one thing. I certainly want to hear your topics on the, any thoughts on that. But also, like, how do you make your people not lose faith? I guess if they're, you know, they don't have as much work in that period. That is where service agreements come in. If you have enough service agreements, you can keep your guys busy doing them, but you need to be a sales culture. Again, we, we prioritize our service agreements. We know how old the equipment is in each one. So we will try and front load the schedule with older equipment. So we've at least got an opportunity to upsell them on new equipment. Mm. But you've got to be a sales organization. If you're just going in going, yep, filter's clean, but yeah, it's running great without even talking to the customer about, you know, this thing's 15 years old. It's running great. Don't get me wrong. But it's about time you start thinking about replacing. They've got a bunch of new, higher efficiency. Yeah, uh, so it's maintenance agreements. You've got to have the maintenance agreements during the shoulder season when the phones aren't ringing to give your guys something to do. But you also need to be a trained sales organization with the proper people and the proper personalities to upsell or recommend new equipment and do their job. I mean, the, the job of a maintenance agreement is to go out there and go over the system, and we've got the tools available. I can tell you if a capacitor is going bad. I can look at a contactor and show you that the, the, the contacts are pitted. I can look at flame sensors and measure them. I can look at igniters and measure them. There's ways to quantify what condition they're in, and when they start getting close to failure, Mr. Brown, would you like me to replace this while I'm here? Because it it's getting old. It's showing it's like a light bulb. You never know when you're going to flip the switch and it's going to go out. Mm -hmm. Or while I'm here, since it's showing that it is wearing out, would you like me to go ahead and replace it? And that way we'll save you any inconvenience later on in the middle of the summer. Because when is it going to break? Mm -hmm. You know it's going to break on the hottest day of the year, right? Do you mm -hmm. really want to have to worry about that? Yeah. No, I don't. 
Exactly. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of the mentality you've got to have instead of, no, it's all working great. Hmm. And then a week later, the capacitor goes. Well, you were just out here a week ago. You must have done this on purpose. No, it, you know, the light bulb thing. It so, hit the switch and it went off. So maintenance agreements, be a sales organization. What else for people that are maybe even experiencing that now? Uh, this has shoulder season in the title, so perhaps somebody is Googling this and finding this video. Uh, if you're already in the shoulder season, it's probably too late. Okay, all right, ouch. You just suck it up and yeah, you're gonna have to suffer through it and get through it, but when you do get through it, come up with a plan for the next shoulder season. It's not like spring and fall don't come every year. Have a plan, get your maintenance program going into effect, get your marketing running, because you got to get keep the guys busy. Because if you can't keep the guys busy, you'll lose them to somebody like me that does keep their guys busy year round. Absolutely, I think that that's kind of what I'm hearing about the the keeping the people uh, involved. Like, wh what do you think about those companies that kind of lay people off in the shoulder season? Uh, I can understand it, but shame on them. Yeah, like and, poor planning. And you. You're really talking about um, high performers. You want to keep high performers chugging along. Anything else to keep your people busy and, and just kind of on it, even though it's not that crazy busy? Training. Perfect opportunity to do training. If you're not that busy, mark off half a day and bring a, I mean, all the distributors, almost everybody can get you a decent sales trainer in that can at least go over the features and benefits of their products. Okay. Anything like that can help. Awesome. I love to hear from you. Is there anybody uh, that you'd like to shout out that's had an impact on your business? That any services, any uh, trainers uh, that you liked, or anything like that? Just uh, curious. The, the list is so long, but just all the guys that have helped me over the year. It goes back to the first convention I went to back in the early '90s. You talked about an article or something that you saw that yeah. I had written back in '96 or been interviewed in. But the guy, the old, the old guys that shared with me, and I just try and emulate them. You got Larry Taylor. Mitch Krop, Stan Johnson. There's just a bunch of old timers that were absolutely free with their information and I just want to try and do that and give back to the next generation. Love that. Thank you so much for being on. And what's your guys' uh, web address? JerryKelly.com. JerryKelly.com. The podcast is put on by HookAgency.com. Hook Agency all over social. Thank you for watching. Please like, comment, subscribe, all the things, and have a great one. Bye. Thank you.